Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Green Suiters Podcast. This is episode 55, a community episode. Every five episodes, we like to take questions, comments, concerns, and ideas from the community, submitted by the community, and just answer them on the air. We're not going to talk about what we've been no. up to. We're not going to do any other silly no. stuff. I'm only going to say that because I know you can't be brief. It's impossible for you That's to be brief about true. what you've That's not true. Oh, and by to. the way, I listened to episode 52 or 53. Three. Yeah, you guys were ruthless. Oh, yeah. We didn't hold back. You guys back. are just, you talk all that crap. Unbelievable. I don't even know why I'm on this podcast. Okay, Jason, what have you been up well, hold to? Hold on. We got to talk about the giveaway. Jeez. Do you want me to talk about the giveaway? Okay. Oh, sorry. I was waiting for you. Yeah. All right. So for the month of, what are we in? September, we are doing a uh, mm-hmm. giveaway in celebration of episode 50. And that giveaway is a custom leather apron from Leather by Dragonfly, all 50 states. And to enter, you go to greensuiterspodcast.com. Uh, enter the giveaway. Uh, enter your information to the giveaway form and enter for your chance to win. It's a really good value. It's like... What was it? Five twenty to six twenty, depending on your size. Yeah, depending on yeah, the size. So yeah, so custom leather apron, and if you want to go really crazy and get all the extra bells and whistles, well, you're gonna pay for that. But it's yeah, right, you're, you're gonna pay for those extra bells and whistles. But you're gonna save a whole bunch of money on a really good product. So thank you, Leather by Dragonfly. And if you guys want to find out more information about the custom leather apron, go to leatherbydragonfly.com. And if you want to enter the chance to win, go to greensuiterspodcast.com to the giveaway tab. I already said that. Enter any information. I You I did. And you know what? When you edit this, I want you to go back because you always say that to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it when I edit it. If if I made the mistake, I'll edit yeah, that you did. part out. No, 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 I don't know if anybody's noticed we're missing somebody tonight. Corona. Also Corona. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm. <laughs> no, Sedgley could not um could not be with us today. He uh he's off to a better place called yes. Canada. Oh Canada! I don't even know if that's a song. He's at. Did you see his stories today? He was yeah. At looked like he was really working hard. Yeah. Yeah. Really hard. Must be. Really putting in the must work. Must be nice to work for Festool. Just go on vacations <laughs> to Niagara Falls. Paid vacations. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, you ready to hop? You ready to hop into some yes. questions? But guess what? Before we do that, guess All what? Right. I started lifting weights again, man. Yeah, I saw your stories. You joined the YMCA. Y- I go there every day dressed as a different village person. They look at me funny. What's that? Is that not what you're supposed to do there? I thought that's what the that's what the membership yeah. was. Yeah, it's pretty cool. No, man, I'm 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 happy. I finally did it. So I'm trying to get in like a what what was it that kind of flipped that for you? Because you were doing the Peloton bike for a while, then you stopped. What what was it that kind of convinced you to to get back to to lifting weights? Uh, well. With the Peloton bike, you know, we still have it. Nicole's starting to ride it again now that we've had Max. That's going to become a routine for me prior to going to the gym. But I want to create good habits going into retirement. So the thing that I, I'd go through uh, phases in the army with lifting weights. And it was because when I start lifting weights, I kind of get obsessed with it. And I want to start getting bigger. And that always affected me running. And you know, as well as, uh, as I do that, you know, you don't want to do anything that affects your running. So like I would always end up stopping and mm-hmm. never really got back into it. Well, now that uh, I'm kind of stepped away from work and I'm getting on a daily routine, part of that routine is, you know, getting up, hitting the, the Peloton bike or the treadmill in the morning, having my coffee, taking Leo to daycare, and then going directly across the street to the YMCA uh, and lifting weights. And now it's like, I'm not, there's nothing holding me back, right? It's not like, 
well, I need to get my runtime faster. So I don't want to get real big. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter anymore. You know what I mean? And I just miss mm-hmm. it. And, and honestly, when I don't have that thing looming over my head of certain things that I should be doing and have to do. Yeah. I'm actually, yeah. it's just, yeah, I'm actually now. more motivated and I've, I've gone the last, I signed up on Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I went cause it's been great. Cause now it's something that you want to do versus something that you, that you right. have to do that you're like kind of forced yeah. to do. I mean, I mean, God forbid I, I get my body in shape for combat. You yeah, know well, I'm, I'm not going to see combat anymore. So, <laughs> but I mean, enough is enough. It just got to a point where I'm just like, I, I got to stop doing this. So here I am. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, I can feel it though. Good luck to you. I'll tell you that. Got to get back into it. But yeah, big announcement back in the gym. I'm basically going to look like the rock in three months. Yeah. Guy, you know, all, all of the listeners to the podcast for the last 54 episodes, they're all thinking, man, when's Jason going to lift yeah. weights? And now, well, now they know they're, they're hey, this is answered. part of my life, Ben. Like, look, and we're only six minutes in. Let's just get into the questions. You jerk. Jason, I'm, I'm going to hold up all the reasons why I care about what you just said. Do you see anything in my hand? Yeah. There's nothing. No my reasons. silver play button. <laughs> all right. You want to go first since you're at oh, the top? Oh, yeah, there? sure. Why not? I don't know why I said it like that. Um, okay. <laughs> this first question was written in on our website by Mr. Rick Bino. And he says, I currently have a biscuit joiner, uh, sparingly at best over the years. I have been purchasing Festool equipment over the last six or more years. I'm trying to decide if I should purchase the Domino 500 Q set. My concern is, will I use it enough to replace my current biscuit joiner and justify the cost? Um, so I'm assuming when he says Q set, that's like the whole domino setup, right? Yeah. For a minute, I thought he was talking about yeah, the connector set. The, um, I'm like, that's not a Q. Yeah. So. That's all the, all the accessories that yeah. come with it. My concern is that I will, it will not replace my biscuit joiner. Uh, it will completely replace your biscuit joiner, in my opinion. Um, a biscuit joiner still has a place, but you will, you'll use the domino over the biscuit joiner. In I think for sure yeah. for most applications, um, and from my experience and from talking to plenty you know of other people who have bought the Domino, you'll use it way more than you need to in the beginning, because you'll you'll think that you need to use it on everything. Uh, and an example of that would be, you know, I need to use forty Dominoes on this tabletop glue up. And then you start to realize you're like, no, you really don't need to. In that scenario, you could just use biscuits because it's a lot less expensive and they do the same thing. So, um, Bits and Bits is a proud sponsor of the Green Suiters podcast and a distributor of the nation's best router bits for your shop. They feature shank sizes from an eighth to a half inch and have a wide range of diameters of upcuts, downcuts, compression bits, and more. They sell bits for your wood, aluminum, metal, plastic, acrylic, and foam projects, just to name a few. Their bits are suitable for hand routers, router tables, and even CNCs. Each and every bit is slathered in Astro Coating, which is a super secret sauce that prolongs the life of your bits, keeps them running cooler, and keeps the cutting edge razor sharp. If you want to save some cash, use our promo code HANS15 to save 15% at checkout. Head over to bitsandbits.com to find out more. I, I would say the one redeeming quality of retaining a biscuit joiner if you have a domino is that would make um plunging your 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 rails and styles for z clips for a tabletop like really quick i mean you can you can do it the domino but it's it's really really quick with the biscuit joiner but um you know I, i was i read this question the other day and i was just trying to think of the best way to answer it the domino doesn't it doesn't give you mortise intents and, and just stick with me. I know that it makes mortises. The dominoes gives you time. That's what the domino gives you. It gives you more time to do other things. And so there are more things that 
the the domino can do everything that the biscuit joiner can do, but the biscuit joiner can't do everything that domino can do. And so, like, I can't think of any reason why I why anyone would keep a biscuit joiner around, unless you just have like multiple employees and you're only you know they're only going to be doing tabletops, uh, tabletop laminations. You know, a biscuit joiner is fine. I I it's still going to get the job done. You know, like you don't have to use dominoes for gluing up a tabletop. You don't have to. You just use pressure from the clamps. Now, does it help? Does it make glue ups a lot easier? Well, yeah. You know, does it make? Do you have to worry about calls as much? No, when you use domino. But I, I think if you're going to get a domino, your your biscuit joint is going to yeah. collect dust because that's what. That's exactly doing. what happened to me, and then I finally gave it away to gave it away to somebody local uh, that could use it. So, yeah, yeah, I, I gave mine away too. Yeah, definitely get one. Yeah, it's only going to open up your uh, your your. I don't want to say skill set, but it's going to open up what you're able to accomplish in a shorter amount of yeah. time by having it. So, like I said, it, domino is a time saver. That's and on how I look certain at it. joints, the domino is going to give you a lot more strength than a biscuit would, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Oh no! Absolutely, absolutely. Alrighty, next question. As a heavily invested festival user, do you think it is feasible? I'm sorry, let me back up. This is from Eric Jose Camacho Felix from Instagram. <laughs> Jeez. It's a long name. Um as a heavily invested yeah. As a heavily invested festival user, do you think it is feasible to set up a wood shop for furniture and cabinets? Absolutely. Um Festival is designed for the professional. There are tons of people that only have festival that um own furniture and cabinet shops. The only caveat that I would say that is if you are a high production cabinet shop where you're you're turning out like a crap ton of cabinets where it'd be more beneficial to have like industrial machines, then obviously not. But if you're a single person, you're not going to be doing too much um, and you're, you're able to come up with a really good workflow. Well, absolutely. I mean, literally the only thing that I have in my shop is is festival and I could easily uh, you have DeWalt planer liar furniture. <laughs> well, festival doesn't shame. make shame. So. That thing is planer. Shame. <laughs> um, my answer is yes, you could, but same thing as Ben said. I mean, if you're doing five kitchens a, a week, you probably want an edge banding machine. Yeah. If you are doing a million doors, you probably want, you know, a drum sander, you probably want, you know, a, a cabinet saw. You, you, you want to get, you want throughput yeah. machinery at that point. But yes, I mean, that's, the tools are designed to do that. I mean, the LR32 system, that's what it is for. It's to build cabinets on a 32 yeah. millimeter spacing, like a hundred percent. You could, you could get by, but high production. Yeah, I agree with Ben. You need other stuff. Hey, do you think that do you think that it's a miss that Festool just doesn't make every guide rail an LR32? I, I would... S- like, wouldn't it make sense for them to do that? Uh, yes, but... I mean, that way you're not making two different SKUs, you know? It's all the same SKU? Yeah, but it's also a way to get more people to purchase another item. I mean, all companies do that. Um, it's true. They do make it in two sizes. They do have a long one, and then they have the f- uh, 1400. The 1400 is good for almost mm-hmm. all cabinets, right? Like lowers and uppers. Yeah. The long one is great if you're doing like, you know, an eight-foot-tall, um, you know, full cabinet or something like that. So mm-hmm. I have both. <clears throat> but the one, the long one I have isn't isn't the full width that was actually cut down a little bit, but uh, I've never run into a situation where I'm like, dang it. If only I had the full length one, but that does make sense. You know, like just put it on every single one and then everybody gets both. Well, yeah, because then if you have it on, on all of them and someone, cause I, I know that there are plenty of people that have no idea what the LR 32 is and they 
they use Festool. They just don't know mm-hmm. that it exists. I'm sure. But if they have a, if all guide rails came with the holes in them, they're gonna be like, wait, what are these holes for? And then they're gonna be like, oh, it's to, to make pinholes for cabinets or, or this and that. I, I don't know. I just think that it would get, they would probably sell more, because now more people are trying to figure out what these little yeah. holes are for. Um, it's to make it lighter your question (laughs) i mean we're now reducing shipping costs you know all right uh my next question is from mr ed mancini at mancini woodworking got a couple from him today uh if you had the opportunity to work with another maker who would it be and why um my answer is Ken DeCoste. Um, mm, that's a good one. And Oh, I didn't tell you. I don't even think I talked about it. I, I actually met him at IWF, and we talked for a while, and it was really awesome. Oh, um, awesome. That, that was the first time I actually met him in person. We've talked quite a bit, but uh, he would be the guy for me because the work that they do is just, I'm blown away every time. It's always something like outside of the box, and the attention to detail is so incredibly high that it's just like the things that they look at are things I wouldn't normally look at, but seeing them and watching his stories and seeing the things that, and that he does with NS builders and now his own uh, materia millwork uh, or their, their off branch company from NS builders. It's just incredible. And that would be somebody that I would like to go work with and just, and, like, I wish I could do an internship with them as well. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Getting to follow those guys around for, for two months on job sites and get to see the way that they do cabinetry and get to see the way that they do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I just, I have huge respect for Ken and their team. They just do amazing work. So that's that, that was an easy one for me. What about you? Uh, I would do Eric Curtis for... For several another reasons. Good, another a, good one. he's got, he's sculpted oh, he like is. a god. I mean, let's yep. just be honest. I feel like I'm watching 300 you know. every time I watch or look at him. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I love his uh, his eye for design. Like he can he can look at a piece of wood and and he kind of pulls you know the the design the art out of it. Um, so I, I just think it would be cool to be in the same space as him and, and kind of collaborate on something or huh, I think it'd be cool. Yes. Very. That's a good one. Yeah. He, uh, he's, he's very deliberate in his design process, which I don't see a whole lot. Too bad. He's a really big loser and I just can't stand being around him. You know what I mean? That's what kills I it know. for me. I know. I mean, I mean, he's only, he's only like four hours away from me. He's in Philly. Really? Should work something mm-hmm. out, man. I'm sure you would love it. Yeah. I need to figure something out. Um, all right. So this is from Ed uh, from at Mancini Woodworking. What would it take to go back to client work or open an Etsy shop? And for this one, I think, I mean, technically I still have an Etsy shop. I just haven't relisted my items yet. Um. I think the only way that I would go back to client work is if it was for a project that I really cared about or that I really wanted to do. The only quote unquote client work that I do is apart from my own house is like if Jen wants me to make something like I'm making all the centerpieces for our wedding. Um, and I, I think I'll start that in maybe a month or two, but yeah, I mean, it, it has to be something that I am really wanting to do. Um, Otherwise, I, I don't really want to go back to the the rigmarole and the grind of of dealing with clients and and it, it can be a headache. I mean, it can be rewarding, but it can it can certainly be a headache, and I I don't really miss it too much. What about you? Uh, Etsy shop. I have an Etsy shop, but I only sell digital stuff there. I just basically threw my plans on there, and I'll sell one every once in a while. I definitely have have uh, toyed with the idea of putting more things on the Etsy shop, like things that I can create and easily cut out on a CNC. The problem for me is I want nothing to do with the shipping process. 
So e- mm-hmm. even yeah, I agree. even if I go down that route, I will use my CNC to cut the item, create the file, fine tune it, and then I will give it to somebody else to handle all that and let them take a cut of, of the money. I, I just don't want anything to do with it. I there's nothing I hate more than shipping things. That's what um that's what most people do that that sell their stuff on Amazon, is they fulfill all the orders and then they send it to a distribution place like in mass, and then they take yeah. care of all that. I just oh god I despise it. I would I wouldn't want to do that though. Um. Because now you're just sitting on a whole, whole yeah. bunch of stock. For the for the custom work, I I'm with Ben. Like it, I'm not I'm not saying I won't do it anymore. Um, it just has to be the right project. Um, and it would have to be for a good amount of money because I have enough things that I can do for my own house and things that I still want to do in the shop. And um, it just brings a whole nother level of stress to to a project, and I don't like that. I've been down that road um with what i do now i have the ability to do what i want and make my own schedule if you're building something for a client that you told them they'd have it by a certain day you're on their time i mean unless you go about it differently like some people are pretty cool about it um but if you tell somebody you know four to six weeks and then you know 12 weeks goes by and you still don't have the item it could be a problem so yeah you know i'm a I'm a very big believer in batching um, and it really just depends on what you're making. But if I can make everything all at once and then have it ready to go that way, when it does come for people to buy stuff, I'm not having to deal with them. Like I already have all, like when I do my stools, I make all of them at once, all of them. I'll assemble the sides in the bottom and then I'll leave the top unglued. That way I can engrave it if, if they want it engraved. And then I just throw it all together and then I ship it. I, it's less interaction that I, I, I definitely like them. that. Do, do you ship it right after you get the order? Or do you have it on your Etsy shop? Like I only ship on Fridays. Uh, I have it on there as uh, usually ships in one to two weeks, but I usually ship within a few days. Oh, okay. So, so you can narrow it down it's, like it's that. It's kind of a, yeah, it's, it's kind of a win-win. Because, again, I already have it already. I think I may have to throw on one coat of, of finish by the time I assemble it. I've already thrown on two coats. Um, but that way they're like, you know, they're expecting it to come in two weeks and then it ships in a few days. They're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's great. That's a good point. Because that, that would be my thing. It makes it makes them, makes them more willing to, to leave a review because you've created a, a positive experience by shipping it early. For me, if I was to do that, like I would... I would only, like, I'd have to build it into my schedule. You know, Friday mornings mm-hmm. are shipping. And that's it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's very smart because you're only running to the post office once. But um, I mean, it's, again, depending on what you're making, you could do that. If, if all the items are the same and it doesn't really require any custom work, you could 100% do that to where you just box everything up and then say, okay, on Friday I'm taking all this then you know and then any orders after that will be the next friday maybe i'll still consider it but it just depends on what you're making yeah i mean would you be able to ship uh i mean crap i i I don't think you could you could sell and ship yeah you just put it in a a bag with a good seal so they don't smell oh okay i've done it a lot i mean sounds like there's a market Sounds like there's a market done out a lot. There All me. the people leave me negative comments. What do you think I send them? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think Willard Furniture has the next one. Uh, yeah. At Willard Furniture on Instagram. Would a do- another Domino one. Would a Domino be a good joint solution for furniture frames that will be upholstered? Uh, easy answer for me. A Domino is a good joint solution for any joint, regardless of what you're putting on top of it. Um, yeah, a domino creates a loose mortise and tenon or is it for loose mortise and tenon joinery? Um, it's not going to be visible. It's going to save you time than making your own mortise and tenons. And like, why would you not use that? It's just going to go together faster. It's going to be easily, uh, easier for, um, dry fits. That's another good point back going back to the last question about dry fits. Dominoes make dry fitting things so easy and so nice. 
Biscuits, you don't have that luxury. You move it, it's going to fall apart. Dominoes, mm -hmm. that's a completely different story. So that's another big benefit. So yes, 100%, it's going to make a strong piece of furniture that is upholstered. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, I have nothing to add to that. I, I agree. Um, Nick Hall wrote into the website and said, Hey boys, it goes without saying that a lot of what's sold in the big box stores is crap, but they do carry some decent tools from reputable brands. What is the best value tool for under hundred that has a home in the fine woodworking shop bonus points? You can't say Bessie clamps. Um, uh, I think it's cobalt chisels. They're a dime a dozen in Lowe's. I have, I, I have one chisel in my possession. I've never sharpened it. I've had it for like two years now. And I, I use it for like little stuff to, you know, break a, a thin slice of wood that was left after the chalk saw or something like that. But I mean, it was 10 bucks and I, I use it almost every, every project that I have. Could it be sharpened? Well, absolutely. Like it probably should be sharpened, but I refuse to buy a sharpening jig um, for one chisel. If I had more chisels, I'd, I'd buy one, but, um, you know, I, I don't think that there is anything inherently wrong with, with buying stuff at a big, a big box store, especially if you're just trying to build something. There's nothing wrong with it. The reason why I buy specifically festival is because I'm buying into the ecosystem and that's how most people, and I'm thinking about like drills and cordless stuff. Most of those platform or most of those tool, um, lines are built on the same battery architecture. And so you're, there's a lot of interchangeability there. So if you wanted to buy all DeWalt, then buy all DeWalt. If you wanted to buy um, Ryobi, then buy Ryobi. Um, but just because it's at a big box store doesn't mean that it's doesn't have any value. There's a lot of good nailers that are at a big box store that get the job done. You know, I, I don't necessarily have anything wrong with it. I just know that there's better things typically outside. Of it. What about you, Jason? That's a really tough question because I, to be honest with you, I don't, I haven't bought tools there for a very long time. My, you said nailers. Uh, this is slightly over a hundred dollars, but I had a really good experience with the Ryobi cordless Brad nailer. It's like 140 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I ended up getting rid of it a long time ago because I basically bought it for one or two jobs. And it did great. Like I had a really, and I used it in the shop for a while and then I ended up getting rid of it. Um, I, good tool. Um, mm -hmm. Under a hundred bucks. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I go there and I buy, you know, compressor fittings. Um, Screws. Yeah, nails. like not, uh, and from Lowe's only everybody, not from Home Depot. Um, yeah, not from the other lows. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything specific. Like I don't have a tool that I can say, go get this. It's great. Um, I, I, I can't really remember the last time I bought a, a tool from, it may have been that chisel two yeah. years ago, but I'm, I'm also not buying tools that often. Also true anyways. for me. Like if I'm, if I'm buying something now, it's because I need something that's a one-off for a specific project. For example, I bought a Milwaukee Sawzall when I was redoing the uh, bathroom at the previous house, and I haven't used it since. Um, I'll use it here in this house. I bought a, uh, I needed a corded, you know, drill that I could use for mixing. So I bought like a, a cobalt corded drill so I could mix thin set and, you know, drywall compound and all kinds of other stuff. So um, th that's about it. It, it just, I need a one-off tool. They have it and Festool doesn't make it. I mean, to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if I have a tool in my shop that isn't made or that isn't a Festool, it's because Festool doesn't yeah. make it. Funny, funny story about the mixer is I actually was looking for the Festool mixer because I'm like, I will use this in the future for sure. Um, especially in this house. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't find one in stock anywhere and I needed it like that day. So that's the only reason I went by. I still plan on buying the, the festival mixer. Um, and with the Sawzall, if, if festival ever comes out with a Sawzall, which I have no idea if they're going to 100%, I will sell the Milwaukee immediately. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd, you'd think it's, I mean, that's a pretty utilitarian construction tool. You'd think that yeah. they would have one. Maybe one day. I don't know. But if they, I mean, if they come out with it, see you later. You know, like right now I'm, I'm looking at, you know, a different, uh, battery operated trim router and you can go to any of the box stores. Dude, I, I really hope that they do that with the MFK. That they it, it would be course. great. And I actually had somebody ask me, they were like, when I was talking about it, I'm not happy with that Makita at all. There, I mean, there's too many things I don't like about it. I wish I would have just bought the DeWalt from the get go. But because you have to get the battery, unless you find the battery set, like all this other stuff, it's, it's substantially more expensive. And I'm still going to buy it. I just haven't bought it yet. But if Festool, even after buying that, if Festool released a battery-operated trim router, I would 100% get it. Um, oh, absolutely. But Me it was too. funny because I had people that were like, well, you have an MFK. Why don't you just use that? Or why, don't, why not get another MFK? And I said, well, I'm looking for a cordless. Like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> It's dude, having a cordless phone's magical, mm-hmm. man. It's it's I mean it's it's almost like I didn't think that having a cordless track saw would be that big of a thing oh, until like that's awesome. One. I was the same. And and I was just and it and I was like, Oh my god. Like why haven't why didn't I get this sooner? And I obviously I'm glad I didn't get it sooner because it came with a new curve blade, but it's it's a game changer, man. I absolutely love having a cordless. Hashtag game changer. Now they just need to make the vacuum tube cordless. You know? That'd be great. (laughs) It just, it like teleports the chips. It'll go really well with the cordless MFT. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, Festival hasn't even paid me for that idea yet. So... I'm still waiting on that royalty check to come in. <laughs> um, were there any other ones that um, that you wanted to get to? I mean, we're only at 30 minutes. Are you on a time crunch? No, but I wanted to talk about something else, though. Let's do one more each and then talk. Or let's okay. Let's just do one more. How about that? Um, okay. Let's do... Hey, whoa. How about we pick each other's questions? I pick yours, you pick mine. Even though we're both going to answer. Oh, I was just saying just do one more question, but that's fine. Go ahead. You pick mine. All right. This is from Steve Wickstrom on Instagram. Jason, would you like to cover shop safety and serious injury protection? I don't see that one on here. I think it's right there. It's right above yours. Considering that you like to... You like to wear your shop floss. Oh, it didn't say Jason. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's again clear the air here, people. It's I, I don't know where this came from all of a sudden out of nowhere because I do this all the time, but lately for some reason, somebody else must have got blasted for wearing flip-flops in the shop. It's probably Daniel Dunlap because he wears it all the time. Someone sent me a screenshot of one of your YouTube videos. <laughs> It's with you and your flip-flops Yeah, it was like an install video probably or cleaning or applying something. Yeah, Um, Yeah, it was like, it was uh, the um, the car. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, I better not drop this (laughs) half-ounce bottle on my toe. (laughs) So stupid. (laughs) Or this this microfiber cloth. Um, I actually am looking at a pair of shoes right now that I have in my shop specifically for that reason. Anyways, um, (laughs) I mean, how detailed can we get going into shop safety? I mean, here's what I'm going to say about shop safety. There are certain things that are just good practices, right? Um, Mm -hmm. There's good practice at the table saw. There's good practice at the band saw. There's good practice at the joiner and planer. You're going to see conflicting things everywhere you go. Here's, Here's what I say. Do what makes you comfortable, right? And a good example of that is I see there's people that talk about, like I see people using the table saw and it's like you can tell they're so intimidated by that machine and they're using like two push stick or a push stick and a push block or two push sticks. And they're, they're using a push stick on yeah. the push stick. And they're, and they're like, 
they're pushing stuff through and you can see like they're standing all high because it's like they're trying to get out of the way of a kickback. The bigger problem there and the more unsafe thing is that you are not comfortable with that tool and your lack of knowledge. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Another good really one. good one. And I talked to J- uh, Jay Bates about this last time I was at his shop. And it, we just, we, I don't something came up about the conversation of, of safety in the shop and push sticks, all that stuff. And it had to do with the router table. And I've had a lot of people say like, your, your hands are getting too close to the bit. And, you know, I'm cutting like a groove out. The bit's not even exposed. They're like, where's your push blocks and your push sticks? Mm-hmm. I feel l- like I have less control on a router table using push blocks mm-hmm. on most applications than by controlling it with my hands in a safe manner. So because I feel more uncomfortable doing it, I'm not going to do it. I've had more close calls going over safe on certain things than I have doing it the way that I feel comfortable. Um, So I'm not going to give anything specific because I don't want anybody to come back to this podcast and be like, well, Jason told me I should do this on this tool. You know, like that's not what I'm saying. Do what makes you comfortable. Um, As soon as you're uncomfortable doing something or if you're doing something and you're like, this doesn't seem right. You should stop, right? Um, yeah. And there are those times. I mean, I'll, I'll sit there and rack my brain for like 30 minutes. Like, there's got to be a better way to do this. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And don't wear flip-flops while you're doing heavy machinery, big woodworking stuff, guys. Come on. Be- unless unless they're, they're shop flops by Jason Bent. Trademark, True. Trademark copyright, 2022. Steel, uh, steel flap shop flops. Steel, steel strap, shot flop. Steel, flop. steel toe strap. Steel toe strap. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> Jason Mitz shot flops, everybody. Yeah. Um, if you want to find good videos that do that stuff, I think one of the best resources um, is Steve Ramsey. Go back and look at some of his older videos. He's mm-hmm. He like caters to uh, beginner-style stuff. and not saying that shop safety is only a beginner topic. It's not. I think everybody needs to be refreshed, me my, or myself included. But he has a great um a great library of videos going back years on that stuff mark spagnolo has uh videos talking about it jay bates probably has videos talking about it um a lot of the you know old timer woodworkers that sedge you know all knows on a first name basis um my name's moses we're gonna build a boat they have they have a lot of knowledge and experience i mean there's great resources out there for it um the problem, the problem is now is I think it's a bigger deal because you see so much unsafe crap on social media. Yeah, everybody that that has a camera now can can be an influencer. I saw a video. Um, I was watching a video yesterday of some some woman building something. It was like a suggested post, and she was pushing something through the table saw, and it was a contractor saw. The saw was moving. The fence I actually saw move, and she was holding to the right side of the blade and the left without much space and pushing all the way through the, the table saw blade and like kind of at an angle. So like if her hand slipped, she would have been right in the blade. And I'm sitting there yeah. going, oh my God. And I'm, I'm not the type of person to, to say anything because everybody will always misconstrue it and take it as negative. But I always read the comments when I see stuff like that. And yeah. 99% of people were like, oh my God, you're amazing. It's beautiful. You're such a great woodworker and all this stuff. And then of course there was the, you know, 15 guys that were just ripping into this woman, this poor woman. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's why you got to make what I like to call a critique sandwich, <laughs> right? Once, one slice of bread is a compliment. The meat in the middle is the constructive criticism. And then you follow up with a nice, another, Slice of, of positivity. I like that. There you go. Critique, Critique sandwich. sandwich. It's good. I'm going to write that down. You, you start and end on a positive. Um, you good? You got anything nope. else you want to say? I would say the, the best thing that you can do is the more risky, whatever it is that you're doing, try to m- reduce as many distractions as possible. Um, if, if I'm, using any any dangerous tools i don't have any music going i I don't want to be distracted i don't want to be thinking about anything else i want to be totally focused on um what it is that i'm doing if i'm doing something that's it doesn't really matter like i'm not going to hurt myself then i'm a little bit less vigilant about it but i I would just say just try to reduce the the amount of distraction that you have in the shop if you're if you're getting pissed off about what you're doing and you're kind of going in the red zone then just stop because a you're going to make mistakes 
and B, you could end up hurting yourself because you're not completely paying attention. Um, yeah, you know, every time I use the track saw, Jason, I think about that story you told me of um, someone that was running classes out of their shop or their home or something about teaching people how to woodwork, and they were using a track saw, and they had the tracks on the left hand. They may, may have been the right hand, but they went with their other hand to support the piece, and they cut their fingers off. Um because that was you know, uh, the, the blade was plunging all the way through. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if they cut them off, but they cut their hand. I won't, I won't say who it was. They it wasn't a. It what she no, wasn't doing no. like instruction. She had a friend over that was doing it. Yeah, and and that's yep exactly what happened. But every time I use the track saw, I think about that, and so I, I like instinctively put my other hand behind my back just so that I'm not even tempted to to do it. Um. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's scary, but just just. Be aware of what you're doing. Think about what you're doing before you do it, and then you should never have any issues. Do you have my question picked out, Jason? Or are you I was just looking busy negative comments. Instagram people? Um, here we go. This one, Big Shaw nine two nine on Instagram. Uh, tips for the contour, such as using it in the table, cleaning rollers, swapping glue colors. I, I wanted to pick this for you because I know you have the table. Hey, this is Ben, inviting you to join our growing podcast community over on Patreon. As a member of our community, you'll get early and ad-free access to each episode, as well as invites to our monthly group call with the community. Also, you'll be able to participate in the direction of the show by submitting your questions for upcoming episodes, as well as pitching some great product ideas for Hans to read in the mid-roll ad. Use the links in the show notes below, and we'll see you on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um... For the table, it comes with um, some some uh, I think they're neoprene, non-slip or a slip. I don't even know what you call them. It's so that the piece slides, it glides over the table really easily. Um, just make sure that you don't have any dried up glue on that because that'll that'll stop the piece from moving smoothly. Um, always when you're running the edge banner, always have more than what you think you need. Uh, Whenever the the strip starts going, it it, it kind of you kind of feel like you're you're in a rush to get it going, but because that glue is so hot, you can shift it a little bit on that glue strip or on that veneer strip, um, right at the beginning. So if you are guiding the the um, the plywood against, and again, this is when you're using it on the table. You know you have to kind of time it so that the two meet at the same point so that the veneer strip and the plywood face meet at the same time you want to have about an inch overhang so you want to try to lead it a little bit but um i mean if if you really wanted to you could hold the plywood in place and that veneer would just slide across the face um it's it's a pretty powerful um roller but um i mean it's really hard to to like say it i would have to show it um, you don't have to put a whole lot of pressure when you're rolling a piece on the veneer when you're using the table. It's just light pressure. Um, as soon as you are done rolling the, the veneer strip on there, I like to, to, to stay on the board on the, the side that you just veneered and just like lightly roll it back and forth. And that makes sure that the, uh, the sharp edges of the plywood bite onto that, that veneer, um, and you're not left with any gaps or anything like that, which does, it, it does happen every now and then for changing out the colors. I mean, it, that's built in the machine. You just add in a new puck and you purge it until you see the new color, the, the, the glues. Yeah. Until you see the new color. Um, I, I wait until the machine is completely cold to clean the rollers off because you can burn the living hell out of your finger. If you stick it in there when it's still hot, because I think it goes up to like three or 400 degrees or something like that. Um, the, the contour can be kind of finicky at times. I see it on the festival owners group a lot where people are just really frustrated with it. But, um, Sedge has a, a lot of great videos on the contour. There's some really old ones from like eight or 10 years ago when it first came out. Um, I watch those a lot to really get a, the hang of the contour. Um, and once you really understand the basics of it, once you're able to kind of troubleshoot some of the common issues that have and even then it's really not that
common. It doesn't really happen often. Um, it's it's a breeze to use it. Yeah. So. I don't have anything uh, to add to that. I don't. I've never used the table, uh, but I've been given some thought lately to when I rebuild the um, base for my uh, assembly table to work out a way to uh, build that plate into the assembly table. I, I believe. I mean, and you have a CNC. There's. I want to say on um, on Shaper Hub that someone has that table laid out you can buy the SVG. well i know uh, mike um, just did one mike just cut one mike coffee he just cut one for a he's making a table for oh, really it. yeah um so i know he's awesome. got the file because you can yeah you can order that mdf top mm -hmm. from festival just how you can order an mft top from festival and so if you wanted to to and i, I could be wrong um but i'm pretty sure that you can order the mf the uh the mdf top and the mounting hardware to now, go with it you don't have to buy the entire. I'm not familiar MFT. with the table. I could be wrong, but I'm does pretty the sure. Ta you can. Does does it sit it's, in it? To, like if you're looking at an MFT normally, across the wide mm -hmm. portion, does it sit in there that way? Yeah. Yeah, it sits more towards the back. But but it's you're looking at you the got, full width of the table, not turned like I have mine. Correct. Yes. You're you're looking at the you're looking at the you're standing at the table right full width is left to right the contouro edge banding part is facing you. So the handle's on the opposite side. It's on the far side. Um, I mean, I guess I yeah. could, That's, I could still, it's literally, it's, it's still an MFT. Um, what I do is because when I bought my contour, I bought it used. I got it for like an incredibly <laughs> cheap deal. Like it's, it was nuts. I thought the guy was trying to scam me for how much, how cheap I got it. Um, but it came with an extra MFT top. And so that's where my second MFT came from is from that Conturo table. And when I want to use the Conturo table top, I just put it on my STM and clamp it down. Um, and it works brilliantly. Like it's, it's insane how well it works. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking like, because of the way I have my MFTs set up, I don't know if I could put it on an end. Because if I ever had to do anything over, you know, four or five feet, you know, I would obviously have an issue. But I'd like to just get one of these tops and then put it like in my middle table. So I have the support both in feet and out feet. And then I could just run stuff through and I wanted and it would just be there. And as long as I had a plate mm -hmm. that I could put over the top of it to cover it up when I'm not using it. No problem. Yeah. But yeah, I going totally back to the glue way. thing, I, I think I've had a lot of people ask me about the glue stuff, too. And they're like perplexed that you can't, they're like, yeah, but I'm wasting like an entire puck. Like, yeah, you are, but you know, I'm, you're the one that wants yeah, to change colors. Like, so, like. so, uh, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, the pucks are, I don't think the pucks are all that expensive, but you buy big boxes of them. So mm -hmm. I, I still have the boxes from, yeah, from mine. I haven't even gone through them yep. all yet. Cool. All right. Well, that's all the questions. I think for a hobbyist, if you, yeah, if you bought in a whole box of Contro oh, pucks, that would last, oh, yeah, your last you a long, long time. What did you want to talk about? Dude, I want to talk about Shaper. Oh, I know what you're going you're gonna to talk about. Like it, I like, I mean, and granted, I, I know some of the people that work for Shaper, but um, I'm just really impressed by them because of how much they continue to iterate on their system um it and i'm sure that there are other companies out there that do a really great job with keeping up with their stuff but um they they foster such a i mean it is a community but they, they just do such a good job of listening to to what people want to the problems that they have and then coming up with really really smart solutions to address it um the workstation and now the shaper plate, which just released today, both of those came from the shaper community, like the idea of it, like one person made it and then another person would kind of iterate on it and another person kind of iterate on it. Um, now I'm not saying that they like stole the idea from the community. It was kind of a, the idea is kind of spawned from everyone. I, I feel, and I could be wrong. I don't want to take that from the engineers, but, um, 
it's just really cool to see them take something that the, that the community makes on their own and really, 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 really improve it to the point to where pretty much anybody that, that I know that has a shaper wants the shaper plate and wants the shaper workstation. Mm-hmm. Like that's, to me, that just says that they listen to the community that well and how much they, um, they've improved the, uh, the shaper software to make it incredibly easy for people to use. Uh, I remember at WorkbenchCon, I was talking to Sean about, um, Sean works for Shaper, Shaper Sean. Uh, We were talking about uh, the Shaper software and what I saw with Glowforge and what they do and good things that they did, bad things that they do. And then kind of seeing some of the DNA, similar DNA, the good stuff in what shapers doing with their design software. They're just, it's a great company, man. And they continue to, to put out really good uh, content that teaches people how to do really interesting things. And I don't know, man, I just think it's really super cool what they're doing, you know? And I, as soon as I got the email saying that the shaper plate was, was ready, I ordered it. I saw your, saw your stories. So I was like, I'm not surprised. <laughs> God, man, it's so and with cool. that, everybody, the sponsor of today's episode is Shaper. <laughs> no, um, no. Um, I, it's just really cool. I mean, for someone that that has a, a relatively small shop, to have something, to have CNC power in your hands, you know, it's I really regret cool. uh, immensely not messing with it while I was there because I've still to this day never messed with the Shaper. I, it's just a tool that I. I don't know if I would need it in my shop. I feel like it'd just be another thing that just sits around and collects dust. Um, but I might be wrong. And that would have been a perfect opportunity to um, play with it and see how that, that shaper plate works. My, my question is, I get the general idea. So there's that window that you can do stuff in. Mm-hmm. And then the plate has already has the tape stuff on it. So clearly you don't have to lay down tape. My question is, what if it's something that's bigger than that square? Oh, like what? Whatever it is that yeah. you're trying. Yeah. If to, I'm trying to do something that's far like, bigger, like, 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 like if you're trying to do like a piano hinge or something. Well, no, because I mean that would fit inside that little window. Well, I'm I'm saying like a really. Oh, big okay. Piano hinge. Yeah, something that's outside of that square. Can you move it and um, continue so on? On the, on the, I'm I'm sure that you probably could. There's so on the side of the shaper plate there there are. Um, pinholes um, that you could use for positive stops or you could use it for marking but because the it has that reticle you know uh, like I, I don't know the dimensions of the shaper plate but I would imagine and granted I've never used it I would imagine because the reticle is dead so, uh, dead center of that that hole that's in the plate that you could just mark place a mark um, at, at, at every point where you couldn't cut it in one pass and then just move the plate over the material. Use the reticle to line everything up. You have these flax stops that you can reference one face of the material that you're using. I, I think that it would probably be really easy. Uh, Tamar, she, I think it was either a story or a yeah, YouTube video where, I, I don't know what she was making. There They're were holes f- down. Yeah, they were the, for elongation, like allow for wood movement. Slots, yeah, yeah, but she, but she she had she so she set up the plate on her workstation or on her uh, work table. Um, she used a, a piece of material as a spacer to keep it at the same space, you know, and then she just had a a, a little tick mark everywhere that she wanted to put one of these holes, and she just kept sliding it over, and because. She, uh, that reticle has that in the the, uh, the center mark on it. She just quickly lines it up, plunges it, moves it, plunges, moves. Like it's just really easy. But, I mean, yeah, that that's a great example of to use it to its benefit. But I, again, those are those are all but within that the, window. If the if but if the cut pattern Goes itself outside. is yeah. bigger than that, um, I I don't know. I don't know. That's I could probably because it, it's that. like is that um, just a. I'm not trying to take away from the product because clearly everybody is just in love with it. Oh, no. But one of the things they were doing at the sh- at the IWF was 
they had like this big walnut slab or whatever. Anyways, they were just having people that come by, like mm-hmm. put in their name or their logos using that and the, the thing. Well, all the, from what I could see, like everything just fit in that window. Well, what if, what if, like, are you restricted to that size? I'm sure that you're not looking at Shaper, but. Well, in, in, in that regard, then if, if something is bigger than that, that window that's in the Shaper plate, you're not going to need the plate. Because the plate is to give you reference on one particular area to get ah, dead gotcha. center, so that way you can lay down whatever it is. If you're if you're trying to cut a pattern that is bigger than that, you're just going to lay shaper tape down on the material right. and cut it. So this is going to be great for most you know, applications that you would use a shaper for. Oh no, absolutely, one hundred percent. And and what's great about the workstation is that it's you know it, it's got the shaper tape on it. It's a permanent fixture. Like I never have to worry about, I, I, I have three rolls of shaper tape that I got when I first got it a year and a half ago. Um, I have not run out of one of those yet because I have the workstation and I have, well, I, I'm not going to need it now because I've got the shaper plate coming, but I have multiple MDF boards, um, that I have designed specifically for. So if I wanted to count, cut out the same thing every time, I just grabbed this one MDF board that has shaper tape on it still. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's almost like a jig. But shaper remembers that particular configuration of shaper tape, and it pulls that job back up as long as it's still saved in the hmm. in the machine or, or in the cloud. Um, so, like, I have... Um, when you, you can order foam inserts for sustainers, and so you can order the, the blank foam. Well, I have the the shape of that foam insert cut into a MDF board. So I slot the foam into that. And um, the shaper knows that I'm cutting that same foam piece again. So it just pulls that same job up. I can move things around if I want to have a different layout. or It's just, it, it really kind of, it, it's it's going to open up a lot more possibilities and it's going to make it much, much quicker. Um, now that yeah. you have that. So it's, I'm, I'm really, really stoked for it. Nice. But yeah. And it, I think it's four to six weeks to delivery. So, which is fine. Just comes in just in time for winter. Perfect. So I know I'll be using it no a more, lot. No I more a motorcycle. Hmm. If it's if it gets above thirty, I'll oh take it out for You're a insane. slow drive. I wouldn't ride mine drive. anything under sixty. And sixty was too cold. Heck, it, I've got some cold. It's weather been in the fifties uh, here the last three mornings. Like I woke up, it's, it's yeah, hoodie season this, almost. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. This morning it was in the fifties. I was yeah. like, crap. Oh god, I can't wait for hoodie season because my wardrobe is so easy. It's not shorts and a plaid shirt anymore. It's pants and a festival it's hoodie. Hoodies and pants. And- every day. Then people will be like, do you wear the same hoodie every day? I'm like, no, I have four of them. Thank you. <laughs> I rotate through. If you pay close enough attention, you'll see paint on one, of, one or two of them. Anyway. All right. You got oh, some hatreds do today? I. Oh. While you're, I'm going to pull up a review, podcast review. Wait, what? Do we get a negative one? Uh huh. Oh yeah, it's a good one. Go ahead, go ahead and read. Um... Okay, I'll read a. I'll read a couple. Um, all right, this one is for my install cabinet hardware, fast and easy, true position tools, cabinet hardware jig. This person says, "It's only good when using a stop block. When using the center line, the drill bit always pulls at one side." Next one is from. Oh, this is a good one, Ben. We should respond to this one. Festool Domino DF500 review and overview. This person says, I'm appalled at your safety practices. The Domino oscillates, not rotates. Vocabulary isn't a strong point. Brings to question whether you have formal qualifications in cabinet and joinery to give instruction to the ignorant masses. Are you kidding me? What I, this is what I was thinking about writing back. I'm wow. going to go um, just like something like to the effect of, in case you were wondering, it, it both oscillates and rotates. 
I think I think you should just write back, like whatever it was his argument was. What he's you said rotate and he said it, yeah. it oscillates. Is that yeah. what it was? You should just write back like like, just say it doesn't oscillate. <laughs> and every time he comes back, just like say that he's wrong. But like no, it it doesn't. Even like, I would just I should just write off. mayonnaise. Um, All right, hold on, hold is, on. Let me, this is a podcast. Let me do review. one more. You're going to like this one too. Okay. Um, oh, where is it? Where is it? Hold on. Oh, man. Oh, I can't find it, but it was a good this one. Is great. This, is, this is great content, Jason. All right, go Thank ahead you. and read yours. All right, this is um, from Apple Podcast Reviews. I, this one was from last month, but I just noticed it. It's a one-star review. So one out of five stars. The title of the review is Get Rid of Hans. And he says, <laughs> The Hans fake character is quite dumb. Please stop using him. Well, like it's it's been really great for you to be a part of our podcast, and we hate to see you go. But I feel the same. Oh man, I wonder who that was. Uh, DBM nineteen sixty one. Whoever yeah. that is, probably somebody born in nineteen sixty one. Probably. He'll probably, whoever that was, nope. will probably hear this too because I'm sure they'll listen to it to see if we talked about that review. I found that other one. Um, <laughs> it was, it's on how to install the Bloom Undermount drawer slides, which is a good movie. The feedback is awesome on it. Still to this day, it continues to do well. I have a lot of pride that video. And this person says, that's great if you built the drawer that way. But I'm replacing very old slides on old drawers. No lip. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is so great. Where it's like, how? What was that video? Two years uh, ago? It was or almost two years no, ago. No, no, no. It, it was last half, maybe. It was last like May, because it was while I was in Texas. I think it's it's so funny how people write comments to a video that has already been posted and released as if. Like, how dare you not make the video that solves my exact problem? Yeah. Here, here's, <laughs> like, I guarantee what? you this is what this guy did. Well, this is useful. This person goes out, buys a set of Bloom Undermount drawer slides. It may not even be Bloom. Maybe they're like a different brand. And when he bought them and realized, crap, I can't use these after watching this video. Now it's like, hey, jerk, this doesn't work well. I can't do this. You're an a-hole for making this video that didn't suit my needs perfectly. <laughs> so dumb. Oh, dude, you good, sir. Well, no, it's it said he's restoring something, so it's like... It's like... Well, I can't use these drawers that wear side mount, and I can't use it as under mount now. Thanks a <laughs> the lot, The funny thing buddy. is, there's a very good chance that he can't use any freaking slides that are out now. <laughs> Here's your solution. Rebuild the drawer box. But mm -hmm. clearly, it's just somebody that's looking to buy slides and make their kitchen look, fancy. Look, he's from the internet, so he's right. You're the one that's wrong. So, mayonnaise. <laughs> I'm going to respond to him. Mustard. I I just want to start being a jerk back. Well, I think you you don't, you don't want to yeah. open up that yeah, can yeah. of worms. Have you Have you ever looked at at um? Stuff on horse. What's his Kyle first name? Kyle horse. Kyle, have you ever looked at his feeds, hmm. like the comment section? Because he he does that. He he kind of hits back. Like that's kind of all that I see now. There may be a few like positive ones that kind of come up to the surface, but for the most part, it's all it's all like shots fired. You, you can tell less. in a situation like that, it's because people um, have been doing it so long they're tired of hearing it and just taking it. Oh yeah. There's another guy that does that. He has a huge channel. He's got like the biggest woodworking channel. Um, uh, Blacktail Studio. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Cam, I think is his name. Yeah. Yeah. Cam. Yeah. He does yeah. that. He he riles people up in the comments. Um, I barely have the time at this point or the desire to just even respond to the regular comments I get, let alone like giving into trolls. <laughs> like that would, that would just mm-hmm. be, and going back and forth, not just one time, like five times. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to waste like my time. A whole conversation. Sitting behind my phone, not paying attention to other things that I need to be paying attention to. You could probably, you could probably pay someone yeah. to do that. Oh, Hans, I got a new job for you. Okay, I charge two thousand yeah. an hour. <laughs> All right, I think we're good. Yeah, you ready to get out of here? Go upstairs and put Leo to bed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you to everyone that submitted their questions, comments, concerns, and ideas uh, through the website. That is the primary way that we would like for you to do that. So if you want to have your question, idea, comment, or idea read on episode 60 of the podcast, make sure you go to www.greensuiterspodcast.com. Go to the questions um, tab and leave a a very brief question, please. Brief brevity is always more better than than a lot of paragraphs. A, 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 a paragraphs and yes, I it is plural. We have a couple paragraphs questions, so try to keep it short and sweet. That's the best way to. That's if you want to increase your chances of having your question read, keep it as short as possible. Yeah, we don't need the context. Just keep it no. short, or don't. Alrighty, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate it. See you in the next episode. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers.